The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host. Thank you for listening with us today. I'm very glad that you've joined us. Thank you so much for liking us on the Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and for making comments on there. And also thanks for emailing me and letting me know what's happening for you in your recovery and your spirituality journey. It's uh, great to hear from you and uh, to find out that what we're doing on here is making a difference, that you're enjoying the guests, getting good inspiration and good information, and it's opening up some new ideas, some new avenues, some new energy for uh, the listeners here, for each of you, that for what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery. So I want to thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, and your other spiritual communities know about us here on Spirit of Recovery. And I am grateful and delighted to be broadcasting on the topic of spirituality and recovery here on Unity Online Radio. And um, every week we do have guests on here that talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. My guests are people that are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. They're either people who are in recovery themselves or who work with or write for or teach recovering people or lots of times all of the above. And the guests are always bringing you good practical information that you can use and lively discussions to get you thinking. You know that you can listen to us here on UnityOnlineRadio.org in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer or your smart device. You can listen on demand. We've got lots of great archives, and you can go to www.UnityOnlineRadio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery and find those archives. And uh, just got a lot of great great information, great guests on there that um, are available for you. Also, if you are someone who enjoys the spirit of recovery and who also perhaps enjoys other great programs here on Unity Online Radio, you can sort support this station financially. You can do that very easily. You can uh, use your smartphone to text Unity Radio to 72727, and you can make a one-time contribution or set up an ongoing financial contribution, and all of that money goes to support the great programs like Spirit of Recovery and the many other ones that are on Unity Online Radio. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place, that if you're a person that's in recovery from any kind of an addiction, or if you are the family member or friend of someone who has the disease of addiction, and uh, perhaps you're in your own recovery as a family member, uh, or perhaps uh, you aren't, or perhaps your loved one is or isn't in recovery, it's okay. Whatever uh, your situation is, or maybe you're just um, curious, interested in the process of recovery and spirituality, we're glad you're listening. We're glad you are a part of the Spirit of Recovery community. We welcome your comments, your questions for my guests, and um, we're just glad that you're listening, glad that you're a part of this, and glad that you're participating. Again, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I am a unity minister and also an addictions counselor. 
I'm also a person who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And over 33 years ago, those relationships were catalysts that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development and my own uh, recovery as a family member and friend. And so my walk continues to be an integration of the unity and recovery principles and that keeps transforming my life and keeps me growing in deeper and deeper and richer ways. So I am very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you about spirituality and recovery and also to hear what's happening for you in your spirituality and your recovery walk. Today we've got a great program. I know that you're going to enjoy it. I know you're going to get some uh, great ideas and your heart's going to be touched Um, and you're going to have some wonderful new uh, tools here to share with the people in your life and um, the topic today is hope for the children breaking the cycle and i have um, two great guests brian moss and jeanette altman i'll tell you a little bit more about them in a moment but uh, what we're going to be talking about today is some great resources that are available for children who have a family history of addiction And what is known and what the research continues to show is that when children who are are either currently in or have been in a family where there is uh, the disease of addiction, that when they are supported with knowledge and nurture and when they are taught some coping skills and given the opportunity to interact in healthy environments and learn and grow, that they're a lot less likely to develop an addiction themselves. And also, they've got the foundation to live productive, fulfilling lives and to create healthy families. We're going to be talking today about Camp Mariposa. And this is a a camp, actually it's multiple camps, which you'll hear about uh, today, that's developed and funded in part by the nonprofit Moyer Foundation. And uh, Camp Mariposa, and and in its many different uh, manifestations, these camps are places where children can transform from hopelessness to possibility. And my guests, again, I've got two guests, Brian Moss and Jeanette Altman. Brian is the Camp Mariposa Program Manager, and Brian is a licensed couple and family therapist. He's got 25 years of experience working with children, teens, and families from diverse backgrounds. Um, Prior to joining the Moyer Foundation in 2013, Brian had a successful couple and family therapy practice in the Philadelphia area. And he also has um, many years of experience in working with other nonprofits on both coasts. He developed an innovative home-based family therapy program for children, teens, and families whose lives had been impacted by serious, violent crime. And so he's, again, he's the Camp Mariposa Program Manager at the Moyer Foundation, and we'll be hearing a lot more about the camp. Also, I have as my guest uh, a colleague of Brian's, and that's Jeanette Altman. Jeanette is blessed to be doing what she loves, and she's working with families at Jewish Family and Children's Service as a family educator, and she's the camp director for Camp Mariposa in Sarasota, Florida. Um, Jeanette is a prevention specialist. She has worked for many years empowering school-age youth in um, prevention of drug and alcohol addiction and other um, issues that uh, can beset youth, and she um, also now gets in as she completed that career she has the opportunity now to empower uh, families in her role at Jewish Family and Children's Services and as a family educator and she also of course is the director of Camp Mariposa in Florida so these are two wonderfully knowledgeable and experienced people and I'm excited to have you as my guests so welcome Brian and Jeanette thank you thanks Anna yeah, glad that you're here. So Thank I know, you. We'll, yeah, good. We'll hear from both of you, and I know it's, sometimes when we've got three of us on here, it can be a little bit like who's going to talk next, but that's okay. We'll just it'll all sort itself out. So um, we know that Camp Mariposa is a free weekend overnight camping program, and it supports children between the ages of nine and twelve who are impacted by um, substance abuse by addiction in their families. So. Um, Ryan or Jeanette or each of you, whichever, 
how are children impacted um, when there's substance abuse in their families? And here we're talking about substance abuse in the adults or, or maybe other siblings, not in the children themselves. How does it impact right. children? So, you know, I like to start these conversations off just with some stats, statistics to give you a sense of, of the impact of this because addiction sure. and the impact on kids is a really significant but very little discussed issue. Mm-hmm. So there's approximately 20 million Americans who are living with their own addiction, and there's 80 million family members who are directly impacted by the addiction of someone they love. So altogether, there's 100 million people in the U.S. who are impacted by addiction. And um, specifically around children, according to uh, the federal government, there's 8.3 million children in the U.S. who live in a home with a parent who's in need of of alcohol or uh, drug dependency treatment. So that's the second stat. The third stat is that every day in in the U.S., 21,000 individuals aged 12 and older try drugs or alcohol for the first time. Mm. So I like to just put put the issue of addiction the, and the impact on kids in that context. So, um, you know, in general, kids living with an addicted family member are four times more likely than their peers who don't live in a home with addiction to become drug or alcohol dependent themselves. And this is one of the reasons why we target the, the young age of 9 to 12, because it's so important to reach children uh, with a family of a, of a history of addiction before they use drugs or alcohol for the first time. So that's, that's one of the impacts. Um, they also have much higher rates of family conflict, emotional and physical violence, and, and social isolation. So this is research going back years um, that that's, you know, demonstrated the impact of addiction on kids. And a lot of the kids struggle in school. They, they have physical, emotional issues, and they also either witness or are targets of family violence or sexual abuse. So um, those are, are some of the big impacts. Do you want to add anything, Jeanette? Yeah, I, you know, I would say, like, when, I, when we see the kids come into camp, I'm always, the counselors, we're all aware that it comes with behaviors, you know, and behaviors have meaning. Um, and their meaning is that kind of the kids will name it in their own words, the chaos in their home. Um, and so that comes out in their behaviors. Um, you can see parentified children at the age of nine, their caretakers, because if there's other siblings in the house and mom or dad or whatever can't um, take care of them, those children take on the parent roles. Um, We have other kids that um, don't know how to deal with those big, confusing feelings that come with what's going on, either with, um, you know, the addict that's living in the home or the addict that's not living in the home. Um, There's abandonment issues. There's trust issues. Um... These kids don't know how to express feelings. They don't even know how to name their feelings. Um, So we have a lot of high-energy kids, and we always have, um, you know, some behavioral issues. But what what I love about camp is that's what we're there to do is help kids to break down those feelings, name them, give them word, and give them a place to express themselves in a healthy way. Right. Now, one thing that um, sometimes uh, uh, when people hear these kind of stats and these kind of issues that children have, um, unfortunately, sometimes that will conjure up an image in people's minds of that these are children from families where um, the economics are very uh, low, where they're very poor, where there are uh, situations where uh, they don't have access to um you know, economic uh, goods and so forth. But in reality, um, addiction cuts across all economic groups, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, we have a large amount of our clients that come, not a large amount, but 30% of our clients come from very well-off families. You know, so 
that is not the issue. Um, 35% of our kids live with other family members or foster care. So, you know, 70% live with family members. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it does cross all, all um, racial, ethnic groups, um, financial status. Um, it covers the gambit. Right. Nobody's left out of right. that disease. <laughs> yeah, and an equal disease, I think. It cuts across everybody for sure. Yeah. And so, even that, you know, and yeah. a lot of our kids are, are very articulate as far as, you know, when it comes to school. Um, they uh, Some of them do extremely well in school. Some struggle in school. So there's not like this checklist that you can go, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, check. They have addiction issues that they're... Mm-hmm in their household. There's no black and white um, to identify these kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like, you know, I, we know that in, in families where there is active addiction that, um, as you've already mentioned, really, there is chaos and a lot of times the boundaries are very poor. The roles get reversed, as you've said. Mm-hmm. So um, it's... Uh, it's probably a lot about these uh, children being, in in a sense, tr- trying to figure out how to survive this storm here. Do you find that? Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was going to say that, that um, you know, a lot of times that kids come in and they've internalized uh, the rules in, in families with addiction, you know, which are don't talk, don't trust, don't feel. And so a lot of the work that we do at camp is really to help, you know, break down those family rules. And, and so getting kids first to be able to trust um, mm-hmm. and whether, you know, that's trusting other campers, it's trusting the, the adults, the volunteers that come to camp. You know, there's a lot of work on, on feelings um, and just helping kids identify feelings because so many times you know, they're not able to necessarily identify their feelings. Um, and the last is, is really to be able to talk and to create a safe space. So, um, you know, it's a lot of the work that we do on the camp weekends and, and even in between the, the camp weekends. Mm-hmm. Great. Exactly. And a lot of the kids, you know, when they, when they first come in and do an intake, one of their biggest um, concerns is fear, and I... I'm not surprised by it anymore, but I was always kind of taken back in the beginning, but they were afraid that somebody would know them at camp or that they were really all alone, that they didn't really understand how many other campers or how many other kids are in their same situation. Mm -hmm. Um, So they do kind of have to guess. They don't, you know, they see their family dynamics and then they go to school, they get to talk to the peers and they start to realize, oh, what goes on in their household isn't what goes on in everybody else's household. Mm -hmm. You know, Uh, one, Mm -hmm. because if it is, kids aren't talking about it because of that no talk rule. You know, Mm -hmm. so sometimes these kids have to guess what normal is. They don't really know. So... You know, they're they're sitting back or they create their own normal, which, you know, could be acceptable or not. They And a lot of times, and this, I think, um, breaks my heart the most is when they just don't know how to have good, silly, kid, mm-hmm. and that, that's fun. So when you see a kid break down and they start to belly laugh and they let themselves go with that because they're really are being silly and having a moment... It is really fun to watch because you're like, wow. And, you know, they almost look surprised by it sometimes. Like, oh, wait a minute. I'm, what was that? They didn't, they don't have, um, I don't know what the right word is, but they don't have a place in their being for that silly kind of just innocent, slap happy, goofy kid fun. Right. That's great. It's time for our break. Um, We'll take our break now. And our uh, topic today is Hope for the Children Breaking the Silence. Michael Yes or Brian Moss and Jeanette Altman, who are uh, working with the Camp Mariposa program that is sponsored by the Moyer Foundation. We'll be right back. Stay with us here on Spirit of Recovery. Unity Online Radio brings you inspiring programs on a variety of spiritual topics. Giving to the network is now easier than ever. 
Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone. You can make a one-time or recurring donation. Your gifts help us offer enriching spiritual programs that reach listeners around the world. Text Unity Radio to 72727. Thank you for your support. Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance, and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul. How to live a life of integrity in Soul Vows. And discover your soul's unique purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things. listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is hope for the children, breaking the cycle. We're talking about um, how children with a family history of addiction are um, affected by that addiction in the family and also how they can be supported with knowledge, nurture, and coping skills um, through a wonderful program called Camp Mariposa and and their, uh, and how that it, when they participate in this camp and all the uh, wonderful things that happen for them there that it's less likely that they're going to develop an addiction themselves and also they learn some skills and uh, have a transformation in their own life so that they can fulfill themselves and create healthy families my guests are brian moss and jeanette altman and brian is the director of the uh, the program manager for camp mariposa for the nonprofit moyer foundation and jeanette altman is the um, family Family Educator Supervisor for Healthy Families, Healthy Children at Jewish Family and Children's Services and Director of Camp Mariposa, Florida in Sarasota. And so, uh, again, we're just delighted to have them. They've got lots of experience, both of them, um, working with families and with children and supporting their uh, well-being. Before we get back to my conversation with Brian and Jeanette, I invite you to join me in a brief moment of meditation, the Serenity Minute. So I invite you to take a breath to become aware of yourself fully present from the crown of your head all the way through your body temple, being aware of yourself present in this moment and allow your mind to relax. Bring your attention to your heart and share with me this constructive idea. The love of God fills me with safety. So it's safe to laugh and to have fun. The love of my higher power fills me with safety. So it's safe to laugh. It's safe to let go and have fun. And we take a moment in the quiet.
Thank you, friends, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I trust that it was an opportunity to make that conscious connection with your higher power as you understand it. And now I'm back to our program today, Hope for the Children, Breaking the Cycle, with my guests, Brian Moss and Jeanette Altman. Again, Brian is the Camp Mariposa um, manager, and Jeanette is the director of Camp Mariposa, Florida. So, um, before the break, uh, Jeanette, you were talking about some of the things that happen for children when they come to camp, and one of them you said that uh, really warms your heart is when they do finally have some of them that spontaneous experience, maybe for one of the first times of just being able to let go and laugh. So, tell us a little bit more about what happens uh, for children at camp. Okay. But, you know, I was thinking about what you said in your um, earlier, you know, it's about transformation and really giving them an opportunity. And I think the key thing I would love people to know is that this doesn't happen in a weekend, nor does it happen in two weekends, a month, or six months, which I have seen. I have been a part of this for over three years now. And um, about a year ago, we had a young boy that, just started asking questions um, and opening up after have attended camp for two years. Mm-hmm. So this is a process, and it's a process filled with those, you know, in your meditation you're saying it's, it, we're, we're safe, we're safe to laugh. And it reminded me that's our goal at camp is that we are creating a safe environment for these kids to be kids. You know, as we educate them on coping skills um, and just being silly. You know, some of the silliness comes out of the games we play, the um, dance parties we have, that counselors willing to be vulnerable and be silly with each other and with the kids. Um, And then one of the things I love about this particular camp is that where we go to, they have, um, we have an outdoor experience that comes to the campers. So they can either go canoeing, um, one weekend, or it could be tree climbing another weekend, and it could be ropes course or challenge course another weekend. And we have this couple that the kids have learned to trust over the years. And it is so easy for new campers to come in because this kind of the environment has been set, and they follow the kids that have been there a while. So when kids... Um, you know, they are naturally helping each other out or they encourage each other or you see a kid climb to a tree that's never done that before to the top by repelling, you know, by climbing up with those, um, I don't know what they're called, where they sit into gear and mm-hmm. they kind of pull Zip themselves up trees. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, and just to see them, you know, laugh or get excited because they've tried something new for the first time and they've done it. They've conquered it. Um, they went canoeing for the first time on the last two camps, um, and we had kids that never gone before. And by the end of it, the second camp, um, both sessions, kids were purposely flipping over canoes and getting in the water and just laughing, splashing each other. And you can they come back standing a little bit taller, like, I can canoe. I can do that or I can climb a tree, or I did that ropes course. Um, so there's the laughter, not in just being silly, but in triumph, you know, and overcoming some fears or challenges that they have. And I, it is just, um, it, I don't even know what the right word, a work of art to watch these kids transform, come from scared, not really sure what's going on, trying to seek approval, coming through this point, you know, I can do this. I'm okay. I, I know how to get through all of this. And that's what I love that Camp Mariposa provides for these kids. Well, that's wonderful. And I think that's one of the things. Mm-hmm. Pardon? Go ahead. Yes, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think that's one of the things that really makes uh, Marip- Camp Mariposa unique is that camp environment. Because, you know, just just being away from your everyday life, being away from your family, your friends, you know, and, and having that opportunity to have new experiences, you know, and so many of our kids that come to camp have never been out in the wilderness before. And so, you know, they write reflection cards at the end of the weekend and they'll say things like, you know, I saw a coyote for the first time or, you know, they, they, 
get they really get an opportunity to take healthy risks, um, which which therapeutically is really good for for the kids to be able to try new things, try new activities, and also make new friends. Um, you know, what, one of the things we try to do because uh, camp is really designed so that kids come multiple times. Like Jeanette said, you know, she has, you know, some, some kids who have been coming for several years and, and they really formed a community of support for each other. And, and that can really help them through not only the time that they're in the camp program, but also help them after, after they leave. Mm-hmm. Let's backtrack a little bit. I'm going to um, ask you the to tell sort of about the overall structure of of the context of this, the, the um, people can look on the Moyer Foundation. It's M O Y E R Foundation dot org website and Camp Mariposa, and also there's a Facebook page and on Twitter um, Moyer Foundation dot org. You can find them easily there. But tell us a little bit about how um, the the idea for Camp Mariposa got started and the Moyer family. And I know people will know. Uh, who they are, not the Moyers, but the Moyer family. And uh, both families are involved in, in recovery things. It's interesting. But um, tell us a little bit about how it got started and kind of what's the overall um, structure and how it works. Okay, sure. So um, the Moyer Foundation was founded in 2000 by Jamie and Karen Moyer. And mm-hmm. Jamie was a professional baseball player who spent the bulk of his career with the, the Seattle Mariners. And um, so he and his wife uh, wanted to give back. So they started in the foundation in 2000. And, um, you know, initially they gave to a lot of children's programs, uh, you know, and then they decided they wanted to start camp programs. And, and they had met a girl by the name of Erin Metcalf. Um, through Make a Wish Foundation, and um, she was she was dying, um, and as she was dying, she became concerned about what would happen to her siblings after she died. So the Moyers decided to create a grief camp called Camp Erin. They named it in honor of her, um, <laughs> and that is now the largest grief camp in the country. Um, and and there's uh, 40, 40 plus camps a year in 40 locations around the country. Um, And in 2007, they uh, had for about a year, they had temporary custody of a niece of theirs whose uh, family, one of her parents struggled with addiction and the other parent wasn't able to uh, take custody of her at that point. So they had temporary custody and, and they wanted to find some services for their niece. And so when they did some investigating, they realized there really weren't that many resources uh, for kids in that 9 to 12 age or age range. And so um, their niece was in therapy, and the therapist had given her a book by Claudia Black, who is one of the pioneers in uh, the impact of addiction on kids. And she's also based in the Seattle area where the Moyers were. And so Karen Moyer, uh, being the person she is, being passionate about addiction, uh, she contacted Claudia Black, and together they helped design the the general uh, program for Camp Mariposa. And so it started out in Seattle in 07. Um, and for the first four years, uh, that was the only location. And then in 2011, the very end of 2011, we began a national expansion. Um, and at this point, we now have seven locations around the country and um, 42 camps a year in those seven locations. Mm-hmm. So that's the, the evolution of, of Mariposa, where it came from. Um, right. You know, and, and camp is held. Go ahead. Well, just I know with that, that and y'all had mentioned this earlier, that um, children come multiple times. And that's one of the things that makes Camp Mariposa unique. Tell us a little bit about that, that they can come multiple yeah, times. Yeah, so from the beginning, we wanted... Uh, we wanted it so that kids could come as many times as they needed to. So our target age range is 9 through 12. So kids can come as many times as they want. So, you know, we have kids um, in some of the older camps who have come, 
you know, 14, 15 times over the course of, of several years. And that really does make the program unique. We had talked about it a little bit. I had mentioned it. It really does form a, a sense of community. And so, you know, kids who have been there even two or three times, you know, when camp is just beginning, they begin to take on a leadership role in the camps and welcome new kids as they come in, you know, help them feel um, welcome. And, and one of the exciting things that, that we've just begun doing um, this year in a kind of formal way is to, on the other end, so when kids turn 13, um, you know, now they have the ability or the option to become a junior counselor. So we're able to still have kids be able to come back as teenagers. Now they're teenagers, and they can come back in, in a more formal role um, but, you know, they can come back two, three, four times a year, depending on how many junior counselors there are at each location. So, you know, they can stay involved through, you know, 14, 15. Um, I don't think we have any 16-year-olds yet, but, you know, they certainly could become, you know, stay involved up until 15, 16. So that's a really exciting development to help kids get, you know, through, through the difficult teenage years. Mm-hmm. Right. And if people listening are interested in learning more about this, or maybe they've got a young person in their lives that they'd like to be able to access uh, Camp Mariposa, how would they find out about it? And is we know that it's free. Um, tell us a little bit more about that, how they would find a camp or whatever. So, yeah, so you can go uh, to the website that you gave out, Anna, uh, mm-hmm. Moyer Foundation, M-O-Y-E-R dot org, and there's a little Camp Mariposa icon, and if you click on that, it has uh, all of our current camp locations as well as the actual camp dates, and uh, each location has a contact person as well to, to reach out to, uh, so it's it's pretty easy to to get information. So just so your listeners know, we're in uh, Seattle, South Bend, Indiana, uh, Sarasota, Florida, Philadelphia, PA, Los Angeles, California, San Diego, California, Washington, D.C. That camp is going to open in D.C. in uh, January. And then in the middle of next year, we're actually going to open uh, both a Camp Mariposa and a Camp Aaron camp in New Orleans. So that's the first time we're bringing both camps to a community together. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really great. Where do you get your counselors that uh, staff the camp? So we um, partner with um, community mental health organizations really strong youth-focused organizations that have deep roots in the community. Um, so in, in the Sarasota camp, we have a great partner in um, Jewish Family Services of the Sun Coast, and they've been a partner of ours now for, for three years. And so the partner agencies um, provide the counselors, so, so they all have you know, staff with a wealth of experience working with um, at-risk kids, kids, you know, with a family history of addiction, um, you know, and, and the decision was made early on to to partner with groups in the community rather than us kind of go around the country to each location for a weekend because the reality is that, that kids need support in between the camps. So um, our partners like JFCS and Sarasota, they really are able to provide ongoing support in between the camps, and that, that's something else that's unique about the Mariposa model is that continuing care in between camps. Yep, that's fantastic. Um, my guests are Brian Moss and Jeanette Altman. We're talking about hope for the children, breaking the cycle, and about the support that Camp Mariposa provides. It's time for our break. We'll be right back. Stay with us on Spirit of Recovery. Guidance and direction are bubbling up from your soul all the time, even at night. But do you hear your soul when it calls? 
Do you recognize it? Do you trust it? Can you trust it? How can you be certain you are hearing the voice of your precious soul? Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that help you hear your soul, recognize and trust its guidance, and begin to take action to create a truly beautiful life. Learn the wisdom habit of divine dialogue in Writing Down Your Soul. How to live a life of integrity in Soul Vows. And discover your soul's unique purpose in Check the Box. If you long to create a soul-directed life, visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your Soul Wants Five Things. At Metaphysical Rock 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is Hope for the Children, Breaking the Cycle. My guests are Brian Moss, who is the Camp Mariposa Program Manager, and Jeanette Altman, who is the Family Educator Supervisor of Healthy Families, Healthy Children at Jewish Family and Children's Services in Sarasota, Florida, and Director of Camp Mariposa in Florida. And uh, both Brian and Jeanette uh, work with uh, the Camp Mariposa, which is a wonderful support opportunity, a wonderful educational opportunity for children from families um, that have the disease of addiction in them. That means the parents or siblings or other people in the family. So um, thank you. We've been having a great conversation about uh, the impact of family addiction on children and about what programs like Camp Mariposa um can do for them and how it creates a really a different environment so Jeanette tell us what a typical weekend at Camp Mariposa is like what happens when the children get there okay um you know first night Friday night we welcome you know especially if we have new campers we do a big welcome we get together and kind of set the theme for the weekend and all the kids know that this is an educational program as well as a you know, fun being the kid getaway kind of program. So we set our theme, um, and then Saturday, all day Saturday is a combination of psychoeducation, art activities, um, a little bit of therapy, as well as the outdoor challenge um, that is set up for that weekend. Saturday night is when we do our breakdown of everything. We debrief the kids on everything we've learned, let them have opportunities, you know, to talk about what the challenges were, what they understood, what are they still struggling with. Um, and then they have an opportunity to write a letter to their loved one that is struggling with addiction. So this is really a powerful time. You know, we kind of put on some soft music, we turn the lights down, kids kind of go off by themselves, and they just really take a lot of what they've learned that weekend. And it's their time to write whatever they want. We, we don't look at the letters. We don't ask to see them. Um, some of the kids um, will roll them up, um, not share. But then we go out to a campfire that night. And when we go to the campfire, the kids have an option. They all know we take turns. And they can either just burn their letter or they can actually read their letter and then burn it. 
Um, and we have quite a few who will read a two-page letter to the person they love about their own anger, disappointment, sadness, um, even what they want, what they would like to see happen. Um, it's very emotional. You know, we have kids that will cry. We have kids that get angry. They'll scream. They'll yell. Some just silently throw the letter in. Um, but regardless of what the camper does, everybody gives them applause, whether it's a silent burning or a volatile expression. Um, and it's something the kids look forward to. They ask, are we doing our letter burnings like every weekend? <laughs> yes, we are. Mm-hmm. But they ask for this and they look forward to it. Um, and that's how we end Saturday night. Oh, we usually go back and have some fun after that. And then... Sunday ends with just kind of a light day where we circle up, we highlight, talk about the highlights of the weekend, encourage each other, um, and that's when they go home with coping skills based on the lesson they got Saturday. How can they take the lesson and apply it throughout the weeks until they come back to us again? Mm-hmm. Well, that so, sounds great. Like you said, it's very... That's a- <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. No, just that sounds great. Like it, like uh, as you said, a different context than living in uh, active addiction, a whole different context for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they understand addiction. You know, we talk about it all the time. And they, you know, when we start out with Camp Mariposa, I always ask, why? Why are we doing this? What's the point? You know, and it, it's and we write their responses on a board and leave it up there all week so they can so other kids can read it and, and new kids can go, oh, okay, this is why we do it, and we sometimes refer back to that. But the kids are it, it's amazing when they've been there for a while how articulate they are, and they know I'm here, so I don't repeat this. I'm here, so I can learn that I'm okay and it's not my fault. I'm here to know I can't fix this, you know, and we teach those seven C's that go with, um, you know, that I, I didn't cause it, I can't cure it, um, I can communicate, take care of myself, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, and, and they they know, they understand that's why this, that's what they're there They get that it's all about them. That's why I tell them, this is your weekend, you're the boss. <laughs> That's great. So what are some of the coping yeah. skills that they take with them? Obviously, the seven C's they take with them. What else? Do they? You said they take those home with them. What, do they, what other coping skills do they bring back into their family for themselves? Well, they, they, learn, how to, they learn how to communicate in a way that's not um, full of anger. They learn, uh, you know, a more straight, direct way to, you know, the I statement. I feel frustrated because I would like, um, so we, we teach them those. They also learn what they can do. What, is it, what are they good at, what they can do? Like some of them understand that they get big feelings and they don't have an arena to share that. They know they can dance. They know they can sing. And that's what they'll say. Well, I like to dance. I'll dance when I you know, need to express myself. Or some will sing. So they know how to journal. So they'll say, I can journal. You know, I can call somebody else that I trust. I can talk to a grown-up that I trust. Um, They can connect with their counselors, quite a few of our campers, because like Brian said earlier, uh, with JSCS, we do have mental health um, professionals and counselors. So uh, quite a few of our campers have that weekly one-on-one therapist that they see. So they know they can go to the therapist to deal with whatever they can you know, they don't have that adult at home to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, they are coming aware of the friends that they're choosing um, and how they, connect, how, they, how, how they act out at school can affect them. So they're learning to even reach out to um, professionals in the school system. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of them go to the same schools, so they have each other. You know, it's almost like they... Like, oh, I, I know you. Okay, we're good. We got this together. So when they see each other in the school, they kind of have their pals from camp so they can go talk to their pals at school. Mm-hmm. And I think That's... one of the other things that we've been adding a little bit, uh, you know, on a, on a regular basis now this past year is most of our camps uh, incorporate some mindfulness activities, which, yes. you know, we've just gotten great feedback from 
the campers at all the the different locations where we've started to do it. So sometimes it's you know just breathing exercises. Uh, sometimes it's uh, you know a more active kind of yoga experience. Um, our our location in LA, they have um, that an intern from USC who developed for them a whole. Uh, years worth, so six sessions worth of mindfulness walks um, that they can do for um, the first half of Saturday, and it really incorporates nature. So, um, you know, that's been really something that's been effective, and we've gotten, you know, a lot of positive feedback from from the the kids, from the campers, that that, that does help them calm, calm down and, you know, settle down when they're at home and when things are chaotic or, you know, they're upset. So that's, you know, something we've really begun to add lately. Mm-hmm. That's great. I know you've been doing some research as well. What are you finding out from their follow-up? I guess it's follow-up yeah. results. What's that? What are you finding? Yeah, so we, we just did our first research project, um, and we did it with Penn State and the University of Washington. And, you know, we got enough funding to do uh, a pilot project on our Indiana location. So, you know, on, you know, one of the major finding was this, was that we got very high satisfaction rates among the campers. So 92% of them said they wanted to come back to another camp. And what the researchers were telling me the other day was that, you know, any number above 90 like that, is program success and and program success um, is often having so it if you're having program success then you're often having a positive impact on the outcomes that you're you're looking at so that was really good news that that the program is working with that kind of um, satisfaction rate and program success so that's you know one of the big things we found we also found out that you know all of the campers are having a gain in knowledge about addiction about the the rules in addicted families roles in addicted families we talked a little bit about the seven c's so they're also gaining the knowledge in that um and the the setup of this research project did have a control group so it was kids who would be eligible for Mariposa but for whatever reason had never attended the Mariposa in Indiana and the kids who came to camp uh, we found that they had um, reported having coping skills having more coping skills as compared to the control group so that is something that we do stress every weekend so that's a good indicator um, that it's working Another thing they found was that two-thirds of our campers could identify five or more resources in their community when they were looking for um, someone or some place to talk, get help about about their addiction issues and their family. So, again, that that is affecting them outside of the camp. So those are the, the major findings of the research project. So, you know, hopefully we'll be able to use these results, get some more funding, and then look at the whole, um, you know, all of our locations across the country. And so that's what we're yeah. hoping to do in, twenty, you know, 2015 next year. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's like it, you're, you're really making an impact. That's great. Yeah. I know that yeah. a part of part of what... Um, what y'all do is um, you have there's a part of this program or an aspect of, of the work that that you're doing with children called the signs of suicide program. That's a big suicide's a big issue in addiction. And um, tell us some more about that and how the signs of suicide program works and um, what's happening uh, with that. Okay, great. Yeah, so we we were really excited to be able to. Uh, incorporate this into the the camp weekend. So we worked with all of our partners um, a great deal uh, once we selected the Signs of Suicide program to figure out how to incorporate it. So everybody's made a commitment to um, offer this program twice a year at all the camps around the country. So what it what it does is it, it's specifically designed. It's evidence based. It's specifically designed for middle school kids. And so um, there's several parts to it. One is um, a screening tool for depression and suicidal thoughts called Be Sad. And um, 
you know each of the campers does that as part of part of the the weekend and then there's a, a video that um, everybody watches in a large group and so it has role plays scenarios um, just information on on how to recognize signs in either yourself or your friends and how to get help um, and then the third piece is you know more um, you know, maybe not one-on-one, -on -one, but smaller group discussions where where kids can talk. So, um, any of the kids who do score high on that screening tool, um, then you know our our counselors uh, at the camp they actually do a much more thorough screening for the kids. So, what we found, all of our camp locations have done it at least once this year at this point, and we found that on average, a quarter of our campers scored high for depression or suicidal thoughts. And the range was 10%, that was the low end, the high end was 44% of the campers were high. So, um, the really positive thing, though, is that, you know, we've identified 36 campers across the whole network of Camp Mariposas, uh, 36 campers who were at higher risk for depression or suicidal thoughts. And, you know, as of now, 33 of them are in either individual or group therapy. Um, so we really were able to connect kids um, if they already weren't connected with a therapist. And then um, if kids were connected prior to camp, then our camp directors like Jeanette actually, um, you know, gave the safety plans and, and talked with the therapist so the therapist knew what was going on. So, um, you know, we're really excited to, to be able to offer that to all of our camp partners um, because kids who do come to camp are at very high risk, uh, both when they're young but also through an adult life now. That's what the research is indicating, that they're high, at high risk for depression or suicide. That's great. You're making a really positive impact with that. That's just wonderful. Um, wow. Thank you so much, both of you, for what you're doing. Um, we're almost at the close of our program here, but just in a few words, um, Jeanette and Ryan, both of you, what's what would you tell um, adults now that maybe... Hopefully, there any if they have young people that could benefit from the camp, they would go to a camp Mariposa. But even if they can't or whatever, what can adults do in the home or with uh, grandchildren or or even neighborhood children or or maybe children they teach uh, to support them? What are some quick things or just things that they can do to be aware of that are going to um, help children? Um, Jeanette, you know, you wanna... what I tell parents all the time, you know, when kids acknowledge them, you know, validate their feelings. Don't try to talk it away or wish it away. Just be with them. Meet them where they're at. And if they're struggling, say, I get it. You're struggling. Let's talk about it. But at least have a conversation. Let them know you care. And be willing to listen. Sometimes those kids just need somebody to listen without fixing it. Great. That's great. Yeah, I would second that. I would say just create a safe space for kids to be able to, to talk because that's so many, when they start, that's so much of what they say, that they're, they're isolated, they don't have anybody to talk to. Um, and one, one caring adult, definitely research supports this, that one caring adult can make a huge difference in, in a kid's life. Right. And I will end it with this because I know we say it in our classes. Mm -hmm. Kids spell love to die all right. That's great. I don't know. Yes. So I want to thank you both, uh, Brian Moss and Jeanette Altman, um, working with the Moyer Foundation on Camp Mariposa, great support for children um, who live in families affected by addiction. Thank you so much for being my guest. You've really, really blessed us today. All right. Thank you. And thank you to all my listeners, and uh, have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week with Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. 
Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Are you ready to ignite your best life and illuminate the world? I'm Stephanie James. I'm a motivational speaker, transformation coach, and psychotherapist. And what lights me up is helping people just like you create the greatest versions of themselves. On my podcast, Igniting the Spark, I will help you ignite your joy and reach new heights in your personal and professional life. Join me for some incredible conversations with authors, spiritual teachers, and other influential thought leaders to help guide you on your way. If you are ready to stop playing small, join me for Igniting the Spark on the mindbodyspirit.fm network or wherever you get your podcasts and ignite your best life. 